Hi, you're listening to the first ever Broken Podcast, the podcast of Broken Pencil. One, two, three, four! Welcome back to the Broken Pencil Podcast. My name is Allison Lang, and I'm the assistant editor of Broken Pencil, and I will be taking you on an audio cornucopia of recent issues, recent content, and other delights that you won't get anywhere else except right here. Um, with that in mind, you were just listening to the Graboids, uh, and they are a band that we reviewed in the most recent issue of the magazine, issue 59, which is currently on newsstands. And anyway, these guys are from Halifax, Nova Scotia. They play uh, really loud, snotty punk music, as you could probably have guessed. And that song was called Zombies Don't Have Girlfriends. And it's from their most recent EP, Back to Perfection. And yes, in case you were wondering, the name The Graboids was inspired by those nasty desert snakes from the great film Tremors, starring the best actor, Kevin Bacon. Uh, and this record is part of a three-part series, or triptych, named after each movie in the Tremors franchise. So the one before this was called Aftershocks. But you can listen to their music and buy it at thegraboids.bandcamp.com. This inaugural episode will feature content from issue 58 and issue 59, including an interview with the winner of our Indie Writers Deathmatch, our uh, short chat with the writer who worked on a story for us about Native Arts, and we're also going to talk to editor and chief Lindsay Gibb about a really cool zine that she chose to excerpt for issue 59. And there's hopefully going to be a lot more music and hopefully not too much more of my jabbering. So let's get to it. Indie Writers Death Match. So some of you might be familiar with Broken Pencil's annual Indie Writers Deathmatch. Basically, it's a writing contest where eight rage-filled writers are selected by our judging panel to compete for votes in a savage online arena. And they deal with shitty commenters, they deal with constructive criticism, they deal with trash talk, allegations of racism, beat poetry, so many things, all in our online commenting forum, which is on our website. Deathmatch 2013 took place from mid-January to mid-March this year, and each week two stories faced off, and the story that received the most votes was moved on to the next round. And this year, the story that was left standing was Cardigan Blues by Nana K. Ajay Brenya. And I can tell you, it was a neck-and-neck standoff between him and finalist Jeannie Keogh and her story, The Offbeat. People were literally voting until the last possible second, and it was insane. 
you can go back and read all the stories and comments. Just go to brokenpencil.com and click on Deathmatch. Anyway, Nana won our Deathmatch prize pack, which is a consultation with literary agent Sam Hyatt of the Rights Agency, a meeting with author Russell Smith, who, as you may know, is a novelist and also writes a column for the Globe and Mail, and Nana will also get to meet with the esteemed small press Coach House Books here in Toronto. Nana is just finishing his final year at the University of Albany in New York, so I caught up with him over Skype to talk a little bit about the Victor spoils and what he plans to do next, and how he weathered some of the more brutal comments and controversies that popped up during this competition. I should mention that this interview was recorded over Skype in my bathroom, so the audio is occasionally not very good. I apologize. I appreciate your patience. Please bear with us. And without further ado, Nana K. Ajay Brenya. How do you feel having won death match? That's all said and done. I'm really just kind of grateful because uh, I've had so much support, especially I, I guess you guys know I'm on a college campus and like, um, so I'm a pretty good amount of people around that are my age around me, especially in that last round. It became like out of nowhere, especially the last day. Actually, the last five hours became like really like a lot of crazy amount of support, and um, I'm really glad that I've had the chance to like you know kind of get um, thrashed a little here and there to kind of get beat up, but also kind of put myself out there because I've never really put myself out there as a writer that much until the death match. So it was kind of like me saying like you know what, this is like you know I'm kind of serious about this, and um, at least my peers, my friends. So uh, that's what it was for me. I'm, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I've been shopping around stores for a while, and the deathmatch came up on like one of like the like the list of competitions. I, I looked for a bunch of them, and so I had I have a couple stores that I think are like okay enough to send out. And Cardigan Blues happened to be one of them, and it was actually like, almost like a whim sort of because I I didn't get to go home the day I went into, so I was here I was here for an extra day like right before break. And I said, and I, I think it was like a twenty-five dollar fee. And so if it's a big, if it's a fee, you know, like you gotta be pretty like have a good feeling about it. So I just said, uh, you know, let me try this, and you know, that's how I got involved. I mean, did you kind of know what you were getting getting yeah. into? Um, right before the contest started, I looked at the comments from the last year's final round, <laughs> and I, I saw a comment that <laughs> it was just it, it was something like. I can tell just by looking at you that <laughs> I can't remember exactly what I said, but something extremely like vulgar, something yeah. crazy. And so um, I kind of knew that, and, it's, and that's how the internet works. Whenever it's anonymous, I kind of knows. But so I guess like I like into like in my head intellectually, I knew what it could be, but I still wasn't ready for what it was when I actually when it actually happened. If you know what I mean? Like I understood that like, people would say things, but. Um, because I've never had that like that level of you know of anything of people like trying like really scrutinizing you, criticizing you, just insulting you. I've never had it happen to me that so I knew it could come, but I wasn't ready for it when it came though. I mean, you you must have sort of known going in that you would be getting some kind of response to that yeah. degree. I thought it would be. I didn't know I would get a response. I didn't. I didn't think it'd be towards me so much, like specifically as like a person. You know, a lot of people like took it like as because of like the way the nature of the story. Like, like I was a lot of people projected the characters in onto me. I guess they onto me specifically, and I guess maybe that's natural. But I did for some of that. I did 
expect that to happen now. It was a little surprising for me, like, just how, how negative some people's feelings were about me, specifically. It's extremely time-consuming and extremely, like, strenuous, like, just on your mind, like, especially when you're down. How do you feel the process overall affected your, your writing and your thoughts about writing? Now I know how much what you write can affect someone. You know, once you get the audience, you better put out something that, like, you know, you can defend. Another story I really liked in the latest issue of Broken Pencil talks about the new generation of up-and-coming First Nations and Inuit artists. These people are pushing the boundaries of contemporary art in Canada while still honoring Native traditions and culture. And the writer, Kelly Boutsalis, talks about people like the visual artist Sean Hunt. And if you haven't seen his painting, Master of Ceremony, it features a traditionally arranged Northwest Coast Native art figure, uh, but they're styled like a modern rapper with a grill on their teeth and a microphone shaped like a totem pole. Then uh, Kelly also talks about a tribe called Red, who are a group of Aboriginal DJs from Ottawa, and they created a genre called powwow step, which is a mix of electronic music and traditional powwow rhythms. Then there's Christy Belcourt. She has an upcoming installation called Walking With Our Sisters, and basically she crowdsourced the creation of 582 pairs of moccasins, and each pair represents uh, a missing or murdered Aboriginal woman reported in Canada over the last 20 years. I met with Kelly and talked to her more about what the story means to her as a Native writer. She also gives some tips to young Native artists on how to spread the word about your own work. I've actually come from a reserve about uh, an hour away from here, southwest Ontario, called Six Nations. And while I haven't fully been ingrained in the art world while I was growing up, when I have lived in Toronto and any time I see it, I'm really inspired and it makes me happy to think that people outside the reserves are noticing this new art and it is a new art because there's people who are taking these traditional elements that have always been a part of uh, Native Americans just kind of way of life and they're bringing it and adding this like new vibrancy and this new style that really speak to me and I wanted people to know about them. You mentioned, uh, I was really glad that you mentioned a tribe called Red because um, it really seems like they're one group that's really trying to incorporate traditional elements of, of you know, music from where they come from with, uh, you know, modern stuff like dubstep and dance music and turntablism and all that kind of thing. Um, and I was wondering what, what kind of feelings came to mind for you when you first uh, heard their music? I loved it because it, for me it was the music of the powwows, which are only things that I hear on the reserve in the summer, and it was bringing it to my computer, to my iPhone, to my iPod, and I can listen to it at the gym as opposed to having to be in this space and being in a powwow. And it was incredible for me because it was blending the style of music that I listen to naturally, like dance and rap and hip hop, and taking this very old school music that surprisingly not a lot of Canadians have heard about and blending them together in, I mean, it's just great music in the end too, but it really spoke to me because to me it connected me back home, but it's something that I can just listen to and enjoy it as its own merits, but then I can also introduce it to my friends who like the kind of music and be like, check this out, this is something new and exciting, and they're excited by it too, which is pretty amazing for me.
I think that these new artists are coming up and they're still obviously rooted in their backgrounds and their traditions, but their day-to-day, they're, be, they're being exposed to all of these new methods of art, new methods of music, new methods of writing, and they're blending them together. And it's, for me, it's exciting because it's also tied into Idle No More, is that there's a more of an awareness to Native American rights. And some of these artists are uh, political, and they're using their art to tie into these uh, political moments in North America. So I think that it's, uh, it's a great time for the art right now. It's politically charged. People are paying attention to it, and it's, it's great, the stuff that's coming out right now. Did you find that you learned a lot while writing the article? Did, did you find there was a sense of discovery of things you didn't know about? Absolutely. There's so many artists that I don't know of. And to be honest, when I was trying to find them, they're not really accessible on social media. So if any Aboriginal artists are listening, I would suggest that they get a website, that they get a Facebook, a Twitter, so that people can actually connect with them. Because there's got to be so much art out there, and I could only find so much online. And uh, I was introduced, I think my favorite was Sean Hunt, is one of the new artists that I really like, because he was blending this very visual, like, Northwest style. But he was throwing in, like, uh, you know, a hip-hop MC vibe to this painting that he has. And it's just a totally a new way of looking at it that I absolutely love. So I'm a big fan of his work. And um, the other piece, the Walking with Her Sisters, was a beautiful way of blending together this, uh, this art piece, but kind of reminding everyone. And it's kind of like punching you in the stomach about reminding you about missing and murdered Aboriginal women. So to be able to put together such a message with your artwork is it's just great. So last but certainly not least, uh, I spoke with our editor at Broken Pencil. You may know her, Miss Lindsay Gibb. And I wanted to ask Lindsay about a zine that she chose to excerpt in the most recent issue of Broken Pencil. This is a zine that Lindsay picked up when we were tabling at Expo Zine. Got lots of great zines there, but this one stood out for her in particular. It's titled New Inventions being a collection of poems cut up from 19th century issues of Scientific American. And it is by Michelle Churcher White, who is a Montreal writer. Uh, she contributes to the Montreal Arts blog, Bloody Underrated. She's also a reviewer for Multi-Diversity Comics. And this is a beautiful piece. I really encourage you to either go online at our website, www.brokenpencil.com, or pick up the most recent issue on the newsstands to take a look at uh, what we've excerpted from Michelle's zine. It's pretty amazing. But anyway, I spoke with Lindsay, and Lindsay is going to tell you a little bit more about why she chose to excerpt this zine and what it's all about. Um, and so what about it appealed to you? What did you think was sort of interesting about it? And then when you open it up, there's a lot of old images from Scientific American, which was a magazine about, like, engineering. It also apparently had poems in it, this magazine. Michelle Churcher-White found old issues of Scientific American online through Cornell University's digital library. The idea of the scene anyways was going through these old issues of Scientific American and using pre-existing words and phrases to make new poems. So I, I just like the whole idea of taking found words and making have new meaning. 
And is there a poem in particular that you really like, maybe because of the image that's beside it, or you just like the poem itself because it's weird? One of the um, poems starts with the Queen of Starving. And I don't know, I'm just like, what was that? <laughs> like, what, what could that have possibly come from? But anyways, the one that I, like, the, she didn't give titles to the um, poems. So the one that starts with the Queen of Starving, it goes, The Queen of Starving, I liken your lips to rock maple chips, sinned with their eyes open. That's one. Then there was another one, Suicide by Gazelle, superior to any other method. I liked that they were kind of surreal poems and that they came out of found text. Well, that just about wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening to our first ever podcast made by Broken Pencil, titled The Broken Podcast. There will be another one coming out really soon. I don't know when, but it will coincide with our upcoming issue, Issue 60. So please keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. In the meantime, we would be absolutely thrilled if you visited us at brokenpencil.com. That is our website where you can read much of the content that was discussed today in the podcast and also keep up to date on the podcasts. Uh, we would also love it if you took, checked out our app for iPhone and smartphone called the Nub Indie Arts Hub. And basically we aggregate content from a plethora of wonderful independent magazines across Canada, including our own magazine, Broken Pencil. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash brokenpencilmag. And you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash brokenpencilmag. So look at all those things. It would be so great if you did. We're going to play a track from an album that was reviewed in the most recent issue of Broken Pencil. It's called Duets for Abdel Rizik, and it's by Montreal pianist Stefan Christoph and a group of collaborators. And this album was created in solidarity with the Sudanese-born Canadian citizen Abu Sfian Abdel Rizik. He was arrested and tortured in Sudan after being erroneously labeled terrorist by the United States. Uh, he was imprisoned, he was interrogated, and he was finally cleared by Sudan, and then Canada said, you're not getting any travel documents, and we're not going to help you get back into the country that you've been a citizen in for 20 years. So this album was created in solidarity with Abdel Rizik's plight. The track I'm going to play is the title track with Stefan Christoph on piano and Matana Roberts on saxophone. Thanks so much again for listening. I hope you have a great month, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.